0: Uh, so a couple things. We're talking about the, the protests that occurred in Durham uh, last night where a whole bunch of these uh, Marxist moonbats blocked a road uh, and uh, did so for like two and a half hours so commuters couldn't get home and people couldn't get past or whatever, and they were demanding a ceasefire, which uh, I feel the need to point out. Um, in case you do not know what a ceasefire, or sometimes the word truce is used as well. Uh, and these words, while they mean one thing to uh, to us, uh, folks in the West generally, and those who, you know, have an appreciation for uh, definitions, um, it means something different when talking about the Middle East, specifically about anything involving Israel. Um But also, you know, when we were over uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan and we would hear the same kind of messaging every now and again, um, it means something different. It means over in the Middle East, it means uh, stop attacking so our enemies can get off the mat, reload and continue fighting. That's what that's what a ceasefire means. That's what a truce means over there. It's not, hey, let's work out our differences. It's. Wow, we're getting our asses kicked. Um, hey, uh, can you stop for a little while, please, please? Oh, make, make them stop, make them stop, make them stop. And then as soon as you stop, just like your younger brother, and I can say that as a younger brother, uh, once you get the, uh, once you get the older sibling, older brother, uh, to stop wailing on you, then you attack him. As soon as you get up and you can kind of gather yourself, marshal your forces again and go after him again. But you just, you're, it's, it's a play. And everybody knows this. And maybe Americans have forgotten this because, you know, we don't have siblings anymore. Everything's like a single child household or something. I don't know. But that's not the way that works. That's not the way it's supposed to work. You don't stop when you have the advantage, not in war, and not unless you want to win. And this is the thing that, you know, Americans, I think we don't fully appreciate because our wars are generally... Wars of choice, right? Uh, wars that we go over someplace, we go somewhere to some other country, and we fight them there, so we don't have to fight them here, that kind of thing. The What the Israelis are engaged in right now, though, is an existential threat. They will cease to exist if they lose. They know this. That, that, that's why every, that, like Israel has coalesced. All their internal politics and stuff, they have coalesced. The people that were massacred... um, these were your these were your your dovish lefty type people, right? They they had set up their communal farms and all that. They these were the people that were at the the, the peace concert. So calling for a ceasefire, and that's apparently what Anthony Blinken did. Um, he go he he goes over there and he's like, hey, um, you got to have a, a pause. We need to have a pause. You need to have a, a ceasefire for a little while, and. Um, he hasn't even left like he's i don't know if he was on the plane or if he was walking to the plane or if he was you know on the way to the airport or what but he wasn't even out of the country before benjamin netanyahu said no that's not happening which is basically a big screw you in diplomatic terms He didn't even take any time to think it over. He didn't need any time to think it over. He didn't even let you leave the country. He's like, you're going to get my answer before you get on that plane. It was sort of Biden-esque, really, if you think about it, right? Isn't that what Biden said to that Ukrainian government at the time where you got to fire that special prosecutor or you're not going to get our money? And now I hear, of course, people are like, well, then we shouldn't give him any money. Well, guess what? You're going to get a chance. You're going to get a chance to vote on that. And it's going to be amazing. To watch Democrats on this, yeah, it's going to be amazing because the uh, the Speaker of the House now, um, Mike Johnson, he has gone about. Where is it here? There uh, it is. He has gone about, and in his first uh, his first legislation that he's running, he is sort of he is setting up Democrats, and I think they know it, and that's why and that's why we're getting some of the squawking that we're seeing. And hearing headline politico watch you back actually it's not schumer that said that it's schumer's mini me um john cornyn who's a republican weirdly enough but whatever um watch you back speaker johnson squares off with Schumer. when chuck schumer and mike johnson talked one-on-one for the first time recently the senate majority leader urged the new speaker to take a bipartisan approach ahead of a chaotic fall spending fight. It's safe to say that Johnson isn't listening. The Louisiana Republican used his first major legislative push yesterday, a $14 billion bill to shore up Israel's defense against Hamas, to flex his conservative credentials rather than show goodwill towards his Democratic counterpart on a mutual priority. What did he do? What is the outrage? He muscled through the bill that gives Israel the $14 billion, but he slashed a key Democratic priority. By doing what? He defunded the IRS positions that have been left unfilled so far. And that was part of... Which one was it? Uh, build Back Broke? Was that what the... Uh, or was it the Anti-Inflation or the Inflation Production Act? Is that what it was? It was whatever the signature legislation of the Biden first term was that nobody remembers and didn't do the thing that it said it was going to do. I know there's a lot of those, but it was it's being cast as his signature piece of legislation. And it was the, the puffing up the ranks of uh, of the IRS. Every, oh, They're just going to go after the billionaires. We need 87,000 agents to go after the billionaires. Like taylor swift now she's a billionaire did you hear that she became a billionaire that football player man like he's right time man right time right place um so mike johnson muscles the bill through but it's not just the aid for israel it's also this cut to the irs positions he's he's fine thumbing his nose at schumer to help keep the house gop as united as possible it's an approach that may prove difficult for johnson to maintain His first major legislative effort was not a bipartisan bill at all, said Schumer. I think he's going to learn the hard way that that doesn't work. Oh, why, does the intel community have six ways till Sunday to take you down? Something like that? He said the president already said he'd veto it. I said I wouldn't put it on the floor and McConnell didn't go for it. Okay, well then you do you. Oh, how about this? You want to negotiate? Okay, we'll negotiate. How about we just take out the, uh, the part about Israel or uh, part about uh, the IRS agents and just have an Israel bill? How about that? Oh, that's not acceptable either. Oh, I have to pair it with Ukraine funding. I have to pair it with uh, there was another item in there, too. So you're like you won't you won't go along with the Israel funding unless it has these other things in it. Why is that? You know why? I know why. We all know why. If Democrats are forced to vote on a aid package only for Israel in a in a single standalone measure what's their base going to do to those democrats right there is a very sizable portion of the democrat base that does not want any money going to Israel and i'm not even i'm not going to argue do we give it to them or do we not give it to them It's beside the point. The politics of it is jamming up the Democrats. And more importantly, if the Senate ends up having to go along with it, then what does Biden do? Does he sign it? Or does he veto it? See, what Democrats want is the cover, right? They want... They want to be able to go and say, all right, look, I didn't really like the uh, Israel funding, but it had funding for Ukraine, and I saw all the flags you guys put in your profiles on Facebook, so, like, that's why I did it. Go Ukraine! Putin bad, right? Because to a lot of the base in the Democrat Party, Israel is the Putin, because Israel's the oppressor, right? Gaza's the oppressed, Hamas is the oppressed, and much like their spokesperson said, uh, they're uh, they're the oppressed and so everything they do is justified they have a blank check this is their philosophy this is their argument they have a blank check to do whatever they want to do however brutal however inhumane however disgusting they get to do it because they're the oppressed even if they're not even if they're doing the oppress the oppressing there was a video that i just uh screened and um it is of uh bodies across the road or not across the road but uh, laying in the road in gaza it was one of the evacuation paths and the palestinian that is shooting the video um is blaming an israeli airstrike for all the deaths and he's riding his bicycle down this road and he's videotaping all of the dead bodies that are strewn across the road for like half a mile and and There was probably, I want to say, 40 or 50 of these bodies, and they all appear to be women and children. There are no vehicles. And there's no sign of any airstrike. They were shot. They were shot fleeing. Hamas has shot and killed women and children trying to leave the strike zones. Why? So they can blame the Jews. Do you understand what's happening? Right. Do you understand the propaganda effort at play here? And it has worked. Hamas has done this for years. The Palestinians have done this for years. It was for you know PLO, Fatah. They all do the same, the same sort of uh, propaganda op. It's very, very clear. And there's apparently only one uh, legacy outlet that is covering this this Hamas spokesperson, and his promise to keep on attacking like October 7th. He'll just keep doing it. They're going to keep doing it. Let's jump over to the phones here and uh, talk with Danny. Hello, Danny. Welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Hey, thank you so much. I'm doing sure. okay. A little vertigo, but other than that,
0: Oh, no. Hey, guys, okay. I, I, got, I had vertigo like five years ago, man. That is no joke.
1: Yeah, it makes you sick. Well, obviously, yeah. you know, but... Uh, I'll be quick here. The thing, and I called you a couple weeks ago about something Trump said about Benghazi, but uh, not Benghazi, but Hamas, uh, 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 not Hamas, but uh, up there in Lebanon. Benghazi. Hezbollah.
0: Hezbollah, yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry. It's so many crazies up there, I get confused sometimes. I, I, I get it. But anyway, <laughs> what I, is, I guess this administration's policy is very simple. Drink through weakness. And it goes even beyond that. That's a foreign policy. Even just talking about Durham, over there in Durham, it seems like the police are like that now. Mm -hmm. You know, the people that's going to work every day, trying to do the right thing, raise their kids, take care of everything. They don't really mean nothing, you know. Keep them back. Don't don't worry about them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen that the thing you said up there in, in Asheville, same thing. I mean, it, it's amazing how far that this well, country's fallen so so fast. And I said that about Trump, what he said, but I, I don't see how anybody that has a right mind that can't that's not not so biased. But it's easy when you set back, but. Do not understand that this country's in a lot worse shape than it was, what, three years ago? I mean, I I, I don't understand people anymore. Well, you remember, I said I was in the Marines and stuff, you know, at the time and stuff. But uh, it just amazes me. the people and the politicians up there like Lindsey Graham and people I count on. See, I'll, I'll take them on both sides. I'm open-minded. If I think you're doing a decent job, I'll do it. But the Democrats lost their mind. But Lindsey Graham and Nikki Haley and people like that, since I live in South Carolina, they're all about doing sending money all over the place. Now I will admit, I'm I'm all in on uh, Israel because if they came and did it in my neighborhood. I wouldn't want some other neighborhood coming to telling me, no, you know what, you're not supposed to protect your kids or yourself or your house, property, or anything else. So, But anyway, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Take care. I appreciate it, Danny. Uh, let me go over to, by the way, it's uh, the lawlessness and the, uh, the undermining Israel. They're... I mean, they're they're both uh, part of a larger project. This this you know these Bolsheviks basically that are inside the Democrat Party. Uh, it's it's about tearing down the West, you know, through the institutions. And they got their Iran deal. They're still trying to nurse this Iran deal. You know, that's what Biden and Obama and all of the people around them on their foreign policy team. This that's what they're trying to save is they're trying to prop up Iran. Um, and the lawlessness uh aspect that's just yeah, it's it, again it's you tear down the institutions uh in order to weaken the system. Pete, welcome to the show. what's up, Pete?
1: Pete, sorry to mix my metaphors, uh, but you're right over the target today. um this thing with Mike Johnson, man, I'm hoping this guy's the real deal, this bringing up individual bills and having vote on it, oh my God, it's like heaven on earth um, <laughs> Between stealing elections, man, and imprisoning your political rivals, or you know, yeah, this is great. I just hope this keeps up. But this guy, I mean, you know, he's uh, he's the most inoffensive personality you could have after Trump and everything. This guy, we need to say thank you to Matt Gates. I think. Well, drop a dime on in, that guy. You know, seriously, that would we, indicate unless you prefer McCarthy.
0: No, but that you're you're. You're crediting him with yes. uh, getting Mike Johnson. And while I understand, yes. yes, we would not have had Mike Johnson but for Gates' actions, that was go. not the plan. But that was not the there plan. You go. And that there you go. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, well, it does matter because <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's reckless. Don't. It absolutely it is because well, we could have ended up with Steve Scalise. You could have, okay, well, do you hear yourself? You could have yeah. had Steve Scalise. You could have had, who was the other guy? Okay. Emmer. You, you didn't know how that was going to shake out. All I care, Pete, is how it shook out. If, if McCarthy. I'm not saying it's, it I'm not happen. saying you can't care about how it shook out. I, I'm glad it shook out with Mike Johnson, too. Of course, we'll wait and see what happens with the debt, uh, with, with the, uh, the debt ceiling or the, and the, the, you know, uh, government shutdown looming in another, what, two weeks. We'll see how he does there, right? Because that was what did oh. in McCarthy. Is he going if, if Mike Johnson cuts a deal in order to not shut down the government and then McCarthy they throw him did. out, too. He probably will. But, you know,
1: hey, we had a good couple of weeks, and thank you, Matt, for that, you know, because it's been a while.
0: Appreciate it. (laughs) Okay. All right, V I I appreciate the call, man. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply, food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? By the way, Iran has announced that it wants to expel all 5 million of the Afghans living in their country. This comes just a couple days after Pakistan st- sorry, Pakistan started deporting 1.7 million Afghans. Racists, xenophobes.
2: Chris, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well, Skinny Pete. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Glad to hear that. So my brain hurts, man. I try to steal, man. I try to just put myself in a position, you know, uh, go through the logic. And my, I, my brain, my soul, everything hurts after trying to figure out how I can support the actions of Hamas really any time, but especially as of late night. I had something run through my mind. I'd like to run it by you and see if you think that it's comparable or maybe there might be one or two souls out there affected by this comparison. If you or anybody you know are under the assumption that Hamas has some kind of excuse to behave in some kind of way because of the atrocities that were done to them, then what, I as Americans, are we supposed to lay ourselves down if the Mohawk Indians, the Iroquois Indians, any of the the nations that were... Just attacked and given smallpox, sometimes even intentionally. And, and we know the we know the atrocities. We know that we know that the drill. Israel was given that nation. We stole our nation. And are we supposed to be okay with those types of groups of people annihilating, raping, burning, killing our loved ones? Like what would what should we do in that response? Knowing that we're even more guilty than any Jewish person. Is I know it's all ancestors. No Jews there over there voted or took the land. Like I, I just, in my head. I just, I just, I, I'm having a really hard time trying to figure out even like a way to like. Okay, well, I don't agree, but I can understand. I just can't even understand why they think that this is the morally correct. They, so in because any
0: way. right because you've done more thinking on it than a lot of them have. That's that's part of the that's part of the issue is that you've you've tracked the logic through different uh analogies and uh have found the logic to be wanting right they have not so they simply th- those who are the useful idiots they are the ones that march and chant and don't d- don't ever think about you know the the larger implications then you have um The ones that, like, the, the professor at UNC Asheville that I I mentioned earlier, and, you know, they have their, in their statement, uh, you know, their land acknowledgement that I am on conquered lands, and I'm gonna keep working for, you know, these people to have their land back, the Cherokee, uh, to have their land back and all that. Well, why don't you just, why don't you just leave? Like, that would be the first thing to do. Yeah, like, give them your house and leave. Like, that's, that's how you do that. Um, but there's this, there's a disconnect when you, yeah, when you, um, when you track down the logic because they don't actually so so that's the second level then there's the third level the people that know that they're never going to give the land back to native americans to the indigenous peoples that that, that's out of the question they're just using it they're just using this oppressed oppressor uh uh paradigm in order to get power, because that's what Marxism is, that that's what it turns on. It's just, it's all power dynamics. Everything is, it, is power dynamics.
2: It almost seems to be next level worse than that, that they find that they can get free and easy, cheap virtue points, as if though they have made some kind of sacrifice by standing... In some position yes. where they're going to spread their sympathy and empathy for the world through government, versus doing that on their own, and I, I just I'm just I, I'm kind of at my wits' end it's, with it. Like somebody's got to say something that will make these people see the truth. Because it's not I'm I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a high IQ guy, but this stuff seems pretty damn simple to me, my man.
0: It is it, no, it is. It, but here's the thing: uh, Have you ever heard of the, uh, the 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 circles of cults, like? In, in any cult, they all have a similar structure, and it's, you know, you got your core at the very center, and then you have different uh, levels of devotion, basically different types of cult followers that, that, uh, that work outward from there. And uh, you, you always got to try to figure out what, uh, when you're talking to somebody, what ring are they in? right are they in the outermost ring which are just kind of the people that don't know anything about the cult they maybe have some friends that are in it um uh, and they think it's all about peace and love and so th- they they defend it but they don't actually know anything right then you've got some other people that are like studying it and they're getting deeper into it and all that and and you, anyway so as you get closer to the center you have people that 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 know that this is all just hokum but this is where the power lies, and so that's how they're going to keep it, you know, uh, taking advantage of all of the people in the outer rings because there's usually more of those. So, that's a good, uh,
2: yeah, that helps me. That, that's yeah. great. That's great, Pete. That's good stuff, buddy.
0: Yeah, man. So just like all you, just try to find, uh, figure out, like when you're talking to somebody, what ring of the cult are you in? Are you in the <laughs> Are you in the inner sanctum? And then you know it's all crap, uh, and you're just trying to lie to me, or do you really believe this crap because you haven't thought it through because you've been conditioned through constant messaging and propaganda and that sort of stuff? So
2: too many of the latter. Too yeah. many of the latter going on right now, in my opinion. But yeah, no, I hear you. They, they need to listen to the Pete Callender show. Everybody does.
0: Everyone does. Thank you. All right, Chris. Have a great weekend, man. You too, sir. All right, see ya. Uh, News Talk 1110 993 WBT. Let me play this clip here. This is from NBC News. Credit where it is due. Uh, this is a guy by the name of uh, Matt Bradley. He gets an interview with the Hamas spokesman, uh,
3: Ghazi Hamad. In Beirut, Lebanon, we sat down face to face with senior Hamas official Ghazi Hamad. Pressing him on the more than 200 hostages his organization is holding in Gaza tonight. Will you release all of the hostages for a complete ceasefire?
4: Look, I think we are a human being. We want these people to go home. We want them. And also, we want our prisoners now to go home. So I think we are ready now to have complete compromise, complete a deal in order to release all the hostages, either military or civilians, and they release all the prisoners from the Israeli detention centers.
0: All right. So hang on. You know, do you know how many, you know how many Hamas terrorists are being held in, in Israeli jails? Like, so I think it's over a thousand. It may be multiple thousands. I know it's over a thousand. Um, and so they're saying we'll trade you two hundred for, like 2000. I th- like, I remember seeing a number a couple weeks ago. I don't remember. I thought it was somewhere around 4,000, but whatever. Like that. So now it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll use the hostages that we took and we'll, we'll, we'll trade them off to get our terrorists back. Cause we need more soldiers. We need more, we need more fighting people to come back, give them some guns and go start murdering Palestinians trying to flee the strike zones. I mean, maybe yes, maybe try to fight Israelis too, but mainly, you know, keep the human shields in place. So we can get the world's sympathy.
3: The calls for compromise a far cry from this warning that sent shockwaves around the world. <laughs> Hamad saying the Hamas terror attack on October seventh was just the first, and that there will be a second, third, and fourth attack on Israel. But how can you ask for a ceasefire? How can you ask for Israel to stop their aggression when you go on television in Lebanon here last week and say that you will continue your aggression? You will continue you to launch uh, October yes, seventh again and, again and again. What do you want us to do? To stop? If you're asking for a ceasefire...
0: Yes! Did you hear what he just said? What do you want us to do? Stop? Yes! You're asking for a ceasefire, but yet you just went on TV and said you're going to keep on doing October 7-style attacks forever. That's why Israel is like, pound sand. And then they start pounding them into the sand. Like, that's the... That's it, man. You're done. Like we're not stopping until you're gone, because you obviously have no intention of ever stopping the atrocities, the attacks on Israel. So, no, there's not a ceasefire. There's going to be no truce here. You either surrender, turn everybody over. At which point, I would assume Israel just—I couldn't even imagine—you turn everybody over. I don't. You stand trial, and then you're executed. Like that's you—you you surrender or not, and and this this continues. That the, these are the options. So I don't know. And given the story today and the the footage that's now emerging about Hamas murdering their own people, that are trying to flee the strike zones, um. I don't know. I thought it was kind of wishful thinking, like oh, hearts and minds—they'll greet us as liberators and all of that, uh, but it's. Like if this if this continues they very well the Palestinians may very well celebrate Israel's victory. That might happen. That might happen. Joe, welcome to the program. What's going on, Joe? Hey, Pete, how are you? Hey, I'm good.
1: I I'm curious if these self-described socialists um are aware that they have now revealed their true nature of being
0: national socialists. Oh, Nazis. They, I, I indeed. Because I don't. Yeah, I don't think they have them. I don't. I, yeah, I think they still don't see themselves as that. Well,
1: thing I find quite curious is just the simple fact that um, what they are clinging to right now, or what they're you know protesting and what they're advocating, came right out of mind comp. Mm-hmm. And for the past what twenty? I mean, ever since Reagan, everybody that had an R next to their name um, was called literal Hitler. No, mm-hmm. well, they're following actual Hitler.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the so, the, the um, Nazis went down to the Middle East and recruited them into their uh, a lot of the leadership in, uh, in these Arab countries using their hostility towards the Jews in order to do so.
1: And so all these people have been like Antifa, who are supposed to be anti-fascists, are actually promoting the agenda that came right out of Mein Kampf.
0: Yes, as they have been from the beginning. this is the yeah, I mean, that's always been the comedy of uh, of Antifa, Joe. I appreciate the call man. Uh, like that's the yeah, that's always been the irony. Uh, and, and by the way, where are all those people that were like, "Hey, punch a Nazi. It's always right to do that. like wh- wh- where are you guys at? Because I, I see a lot of people that might that might be Nazis. <laughs> I might want to put out an APB there. Um, let's see here the uh, the let me go back to the uh, the NBC report here this interview with uh, Hamad who is the spokesman for Hamas and I wonder did he get the gig because his name sounds so similar to Hamas I'm not sure probably not but uh, this guy he's a former newspaper person uh, reporter or something media person whatever um, so he, he speaks English and you'll at the end well you'll hear that well, what you'll hear with uh, this is Matt Bradley from NBC News kudos to NBC for asking these questions. About, hey, you're doing October, you're calling for October 7th attacks in perpetuity, yet you want a ceasefire. Like what's the deal with that? Okay, if you're
4: asking for a ceasefire, okay, I'm okay. to be two weeks. No, ways. I am talking that we want to continue against occupation. This is our national, our 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 legal right to fight against occupation. It is according to international law, according to all the regulations in the world. It is in Europe you
3: fight against the Nazis. But then, what happened on October seventh when there were clearly civilians who were killed? How would that make you a good partner to a peace I don't, negotiation I don't, with Israel? I,
4: I don't have any details about all this. No,
3: Oh, no details. But the details of the shocking and horrific attack carried out by what the IDF said were thousands of Hamas terrorists are painfully clear. Note what he said, terrorists.
0: Good for you, Matt Bradley, calling them terrorists. Fourteen
3: hundred people killed, including at least two hundred and sixty people attending a music festival. We pressed Hamad about the devastating civilian toll. But did Hamas kill civilians on October seventh?
4: Look, I we never had intention or decision it is it's something is a in our religion in islam it is prohibited to heart or to kill any civilians
0: yeah um about that there's a term in islam called abrogation um which means that anything that comes after controls so the so if you're reading the quran which by the way is all like jumbled up uh like the way they stack it it, they, they stack it i forget if it's the shortest to the longest verses or surahs or whatever, um, or if it's the longest to the shortest. They, so it's by the, the number of words dictates where it appears in the book, which is really weird. Um, it's, so it's not chronological, which makes it very confusing. But anything that comes later, then that's, that's the thing that you follow. So you can abrogate earlier calls for peace. You can abrogate that with a later call for jihad. Yes, it's a very convenient... Oh, and by the way, you are allowed to lie to the infidels as well. That's part of the deal, too.
4: But what happened maybe in the first day that that when people went inside and there is a wide area, there is people, there is some complication there. We are against killing or hurting the civilians. And yet the world saw plain as This is 10,000 who were killed in Gaza. 99,
3: 99.9% are civilians. You want to talk about the civilians in the Gaza Strip, and I'm happy to talk about the civilians in the Gaza Strip. What about them? Did they ask for this? They knew that they would be punished by the actions of Hamas. They have no political alternative to Hamas. They do not vote for another organization.
4: You forget that about 2 million people since 17 years living under the uh, sanctions and blockade and embargo and collective punishment? You
3: forget that? I have not forgotten. I've been to Gaza 17 many 17
0: years. Oh, I have been to Gaza many times, he says. All right, I'm not going to be able to finish the clip here before the end of the uh, hour. But uh, he says after the report is over and he's doing the two-way chat with the anchor, he says um, that this guy tells the Arabic audience something different. ...than what he says to English, to Western-speaking audiences. And he knows this. And I do, too. This is the way it's been going for decades. This is not new. But you would think, I guess, you would think the tactic is new... ...considering how, like, only NBC, out of all of the other legacy outlets... ...still hasn't caught on to this fact.